Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Wednesday. Carol Master along with Corey Johnson. We're going to continue our Fed in focus. So much Fed news uh, today, uh, courtesy of Fed Chair Janet Yellen. Uh, giving her semi-annual testimony before Congress. Josh Wright, chief economist at uh, ICIMS, coming up in just a moment. So we'll get his analysis, Corey, on uh, what uh, Ms. Yellen had to say. Indeed. Lots more to dig into there. Let's go to data check first, though, with uh, Bloomer News anchor Charlie Pellet. All right. Hi. Thank you very much, Corey Johnson. Thank you, Carol. Let us begin with the closing oil update. Numbers at the close of floor trading on the NYMEX brought to you by USCF. Invest. In what's real, visit uscfinvestments.com. That's uscfinvestments.com. West Texas Intermediate Crude up 1% at the close of 45 cents to $45.49. Stocks trading at a record, at least for the Dow, up 132 points at 21,542, up six tenths of 1%. NASDAQ and the S&P also advancing. Treasuries rallied. The dollar retreated after Fed Chair Janet Yellen signaled the Federal Reserve will not rush to tighten monetary policy as inflation remains persistently below target. Her remarks carried live right here on Bloomberg Radio. Meanwhile, the economy appears to have grown at a moderate pace on average so far this year. Although inflation-adjusted gross domestic product is currently estimated to have increased at an annual rate of only 1.5% in the first quarter, more recent indicators suggest that growth rebounded in the second quarter. And she'll be repeating her performance tomorrow before the Senate Banking Committee, wrapping up her final testimony to Congress as Fed Chair, unless she's renominated by President Trump. Yellen's current term expires on February 3rd. Shake Shack's going to be opening its first location in Hong Kong next year, setting the stage for a push into the fast food hotbed of mainland China. Investors devouring the shares today. Shake Shack up by 2.5%. Recapping equities higher. The Dow at a record. S&P up 19 to 24.44. A gain there of 0.8%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Josh Wright. He has the right stuff. Uh, he's chief economist at iSIMS. Joining us in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. I'm making him blush. Um, Janet Yellen. Fed Chair Janet Yellen, semi-annual testimony before Congress. We also had uh, the Beige Book out. Uh, you know, she's a little bit of a dove today in terms of some of her comments. Or or did you agree that she was a bit dovish? Yeah, I did think she was uh, notably dovish in talking about uh, only partly attributing the softness in inflation to some of these transitory factors as opposed to mostly was more of her view back in June. Um and she talked about, you know, perhaps we'll continue with uh, further rates and we expect that, uh, you know, maybe the neutral rate is going to rise. So that's going to allow us to pursue uh, rate hikes in the future. So she was actually kind of very subtly undermining uh, the rate path projections that they've put out so far. Why? Rightfully so? Well, I, I think be- before... Uh, the funny thing was in June, she was she really took a very strong stance. And she said, we've had a couple of months of weak um, numbers, but mostly it's March. And March is going to stay in there for, you know, another eight months or so. So that's going to keep those inflation numbers low. Um, I, I think that if they can move 
I, I still think that if they see any move upwards in inflation, they're going to try and take a, a, another hike at the end of the year, you know, most likely in December. Um, but clearly, there's been some kind of shift in the thinking. People are feeling a little bit more nervous. Maybe it's not so transitory after all. I mean, inflation is not easy to analyze, um, and it's even harder to project. Why is it so difficult to analyze? Well, because um, these are all separate kinds of markets for goods. When you talk about, you know, talking about inflation is a little bit of a funny thing. Um, you're looking across all those different prices. Um, it, there's the prices for goods, the prices for different kinds of services. Those transitory factors were not only temporary, but they were completely different. And as someone else was saying earlier this morning on uh, Bloomberg Radio, they're not even macroeconomic factors in some cases. Mm. When you take a look at the shock to oil prices, that was based on technology. You take a look at telecoms. Uh, you take a look at medical prices. A lot of that was um, based on policy, in fact. But, I mean, this is the, this is the essential debate of the difference between macro and microeconomics, period, right, is that is that the macro seam is, is made up of a mosaic of lots of different businesses, and when they all start to move together, they might have different excuses or different reasons, but it, it, is, that, it is that sort of uh, direction that matters. Yeah, and the forces just haven't been there in driving it all. You're not seeing this across the board move upward. You know, if it's for a couple of years now, it's been if it's not one thing, it's another. Uh, that's something that we saw really in the growth outlook for a number of years. And now we're seeing it just in inflation. For once, the coast is clear in terms of growth. And I think that's why the Fed feels comfortable that they are going to hike again um, or they expect to hike again and that they do. One message she did send that we haven't spoken about is very clear. She feels like they're sitting pretty about the uh, balance sheet. They're ready to go. They're not worried about the market. Um, she said it, the exact timing doesn't even matter that much. Interesting. Um, does it matter? Well, you've got to wonder how much is priced in. Like, we don't know. We've never been here before. Yeah, it's all novel. And the number one thing about this whole testimony was you could see that we continue to have the Fed on the one hand and Congress on the other grapple with the legacy of the financial crisis. You know, here we are nine, almost ten years later, um, and we're still trying to figure out, you know, the Fed discovered – the need to use certain tools it was legally authorized to use, but no one had envisioned before. And they had to act quickly as a crisis. And it's taking the political system a long time to catch up with that and realize, oh, we don't realize the implications of those powers that we gave you because they didn't even envision that they would ever be needed. And that's all that comes back straight back to simple fact of the zero lower bound. We've talked about it endlessly, but I think that there's actually still some more to think about what's going on with these. We talk about symmetry and asymmetry of the inflation target and of the toolkit and of the zero lower bound. That's what so much of this is underlying at the end of the day. No one ever expected that we would get to this point. Um, it, it is striking that these emergency measures of 2009 are are the the, the norm now. Here, you know, we are nine years later. They are well. They're trying to make them not be the norm. They're trying to get back to something normal. But if you take a look at Janet Yellen's speech from last August, she gave a pretty full-throated defense of. Uh, uh, retaining an expanded toolkit. And she talked about that again in June. She was much more cautious uh, in the in the testimony today. In terms of wages not going up, is it just it'll happen because the labor force is so tight? That's not a given either, I, I don't think. I mean, we're looking at slow productivity growth. We're looking at a demographic transition, which also affects those numbers. you got to yeah. remember um, the new people that are entering the, the labor force are getting paid less than the people who are leaving the labor force. So I think that's something that um, people are beginning to talk about now, but it really hasn't – it's surprising how long it's taken uh, the economics community to have a conversation about that. And, you know, 
to come up with estimates of how do we strip that away and how's that going to affect uh, us going forward. So you think fe- at December, December we might get another rate move by the Fed? I think if, if we, they do it? I, I think if we get any kind of move upward in inflation, um, and if you don't, as long as you know the outlook still looks solid as it has looked so far. I mean, remember, we've got a lot of momentum domestically, and we no longer have those headwinds from abroad. Right. We no longer have fiscal austerity. Household balance sheets are in good shape. All that's different. Got to run. Great to talk with you. Josh Wright, Chief Economist at iSIMS, joining us in our Bloomberg 1130 studio on Bloomberg Radio. This is Nathan Hager right now. He's going to look at world and national news headlines from his perch in our 991 studios in Washington, D.C. High above. Thank you, Corey. The special counsel investigation into Russian election interference has gotten a key endorsement from President Trump's pick to head the FBI. Christopher Wray had nothing but praise for Robert Mueller at his confirmation hearing. I view him as the consummate straight shooter and somebody I have enormous respect for, and I would be pleased to do what I can to support him uh, in his mission. If confirmed, Ray would succeed James Comey, who was fired in May. Since then, Comey has said President Trump repeatedly asked for his loyalty. Ray says he hasn't been and wouldn't pledge it if asked. A long few days of debate begin today in the House on the defense authorization bill. More than 400 amendments to the $621.5 billion measure were introduced before this uh, legislation hit the floor. Bloomberg government congressional reporter Roxana Tyrone says the White House is objecting to something that's not in the bill. Another round of base closures. The Trump administration had requested to start another round in uh, 2021, in fiscal year 2021, and the bill specifically prohibits that. Tyrone says lawmakers hope to vote on the bill Friday. You can follow the debate at BGov.com. Former Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke and Alan Greenspan are warning President Trump not to impose new tariffs on foreign steel. They've signed on to a letter published by the American Action Forum arguing tariffs would raise costs for manufacturers, lower manufacturing jobs, and raise prices for consumers. The administration's been weighing whether to tack new tariffs onto foreign steel as a threat to national security. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.